0: The portion of God's Word that we will focus our attention on for a few minutes this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 15. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession." But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Let's pray. Then is our comfort this alone, that we may meet before your throne. To you, O faithful God, we cry for rescue in our misery. For you have promised, Lord, to heed your children's cries in time of need. Through him, whose name alone is great, our Savior and our advocate. Amen. Have you ever been given the silent treatment? I hope it's been a while. I hope hope it was when you were little, but maybe not, right? Happens between siblings. There's some conflict. And instead of yelling, instead of fighting, the one just won't talk to the other. Sometimes it happens between parents and children, sadly, both ways, right? Kids give the silent treatment to the parents. Maybe the parents give the silent treatment to the kids, It'll happen in marriages. It'll happen in friendships. It happens in all sorts of relationships. It's conflict that isn't easily resolved. And one person makes a decision instead of yelling, instead of fighting, I'm just not going to talk. And it always has that purpose of causing pain or sending a, a silent message. But of course, the problem with the silent treatment is the silence no talking, no conversation, the conflict is not going to get resolved. I think it's our understanding, our experience with the silent treatment throughout our lives that makes this text such a head-scratcher. And then you pile it on top of the fact that this is Matthew 15. If you page through the Gospel of Matthew up into this point, Jesus has performed so many miracles. He he has healed the sick. He has raised the dead. He has healed paralyzed people from afar, face to face too. He he has cleaned the skin of lepers. He has opened the eyes of blind men and given speech to the silent. He's fed 5,000. He's walked on water. And if you pay attention as you're going through all these different miracles that Jesus has performed, he doesn't just perform them for Jewish people. He performs them for Greeks, for Canaanites, for Samaritans, for people like this Canaanite woman. People come to him in faith. They trust. They believe. They really do. That Jesus is able to help them if he so desires. And time and time again, what do we see? Jesus is. Helps. But then here, this Canaanite woman comes and she says all the right things. Lord, have mercy on me. She tells him the problem, knowing full well that he is able to help and he does not answer her a word. He gives her the silent treatment. And we look at this and it, just seems so bizarre that the perfect son of God, the God who is love itself, would treat her this way. Because for us, it is so reserved for our sinful contexts when conflict is abound, We have no information. There there is no relationship between Jesus and this woman. There is no conflict. He is not trying to cause her pain. He is not making her feel bad about herself. But he does have a purpose for the silence. As she continually pursues him, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, help me. Even the, the dogs get to eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. It's like she's saying to him, Lord, don't give up on me. And all along, he's whispering the same thing right back to her. Don't you give up on me. Don't you give up on me. The cause for her cries for help probably aren't something you can relate to. Satan has determined that it's in his best interest not to demonstrate The kinds of demon possession you might see in Hollywood films in our culture. It doesn't mean that demon possession doesn't exist. In fact, the opposite's true. You could talk to our world missionaries, men who serve in South Pacific, Mongolia, China, Africa. They will tell you some stories that will send shivers up your spine. Satan and his followers are more than capable of these kinds of things still today, but he doesn't tend to take that approach in America. He thinks that would maybe not be in his best interest, as so many people already have rejected the idea of the God of the Bible. It doesn't really serve his purposes to reveal himself in these ways. And so maybe you've never prayed that prayer. Lord, have mercy on me. My my son, my daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. You maybe never prayed that prayer but I bet you've prayed one similar. As someone that you know, someone that you love, is struggling against sin, against temptation, against the powers of hell, Lord, have mercy on me. My, my daughter is suffering with temptation. She's struggling mightily. Lord, have mercy on me. My son is struggling to keep his life on track. My grandkids don't seem to care much for time in your word. My spouse seems so depressed. Getting out of bed is a challenge. I'm sure if you think hard enough, you can think of a prayer that probably went to Jesus not too long ago about a loved one who was just struggling, struggling with sin, struggling with the reality of death, struggling with sin in this world. What'd you do when silence was all you heard? What'd you do when the prayer didn't seem to be answered? You trust that Jesus can help. You really do. But your daughter, your son, your grandkids, your spouse, the people you love, the people you're praying about, nothing seems to change. It seems like Jesus' answer to your prayers is silence. Are you persistent? Do you keep coming to him over and over again? Don't give up on me, Lord. Or do you give up? I know I have from time to time where the prayers go up and nothing seems to change and I maybe forget about it or just stop praying altogether. The test for this woman was the silence. Jesus saying to her silently, don't give up on me. I won't give up on you. He made that very clear on the cross. As he endured the silence of his father. Remember the words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus endured that on the cross. He endured the silence that we deserve for all the times that we've given up on God, for all of our open rebellion, for all of our sins. It makes no sense. Why would we give up on God? The the creator of the universe, the one who is infinitely powerful, perfectly loving, why would we ever give up on him? And yet we do. For our foolishness, for our sin, we are the ones who deserve to be forsaken. We are the ones who deserve eternal silence from God. But we won't receive eternal silence from God because that's what Jesus endured in your place, in mine, on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? as all the failed tests of this Canaanite woman were placed on him, as your failures, my failures, the times that we have not perfectly trusted our God were laid on Jesus and he endured the silence that our sins deserve. We won't suffer eternal silence because Jesus suffered it in our place. He lay silently in the grave for three days. But then... On that first Easter Sunday. Jesus met the women who had come to finish taking care of his body that was lying silently in the grave. And when he met them, he broke the silence. Greetings. Do not be afraid. Do not ever be afraid again because you are now at peace with me. Now do you understand where this Canaanite woman was coming from? Because by God's grace, she understood all of this. She knew the promise from Isaiah, that the promised Messiah was not just for Israel. That would be too small a thing. No, he was for all, including for her. She knew that this Jesus was for her and that he would not give up on her. And so she didn't give up on him. And by God's grace, you're the same. By God's grace, you know that Jesus has not given up on you and he will not give up on you. And so you, you won't give up on him. Lord, have mercy on me. My my daughter is struggling mightily with temptation. My son just can't seem to get his life on track. My grandkids, they, they don't seem to care about time and your word. My spouse is struggling mightily with depression. The people that I love, they are struggling. I, Lord, I am struggling. But I'm not going to give up. I know that even the smallest crumb from you will satisfy all my needs and more. I'm not going to give up on you, Lord, because I know you've never given up on me and I know you never will. Her daughter was healed from that very hour. Her faith put on display for the disciples to marvel at, for you and me to marvel at. It's by God's grace and by his grace alone that any of us have this faith. God has worked it in your hearts. He's worked it in mine. He shows us time and time again that he will never give up on us. Leave here today remembering your God will never give up on you. Don't give up on him. Pray unceasingly. Amen.